0: Hello and welcome to Looks Unfamiliar, the show that remembers that Jesus Jones refused to review Gringo, a 1989 single by Boys Summertime Love hitmaker Sabrina, while they're reviewing the singles for number one magazine because they couldn't believe it was called Gringo. I'm Tim Worthington, and joining me today to talk about some of the things that she remembers, that nobody else ever seems to, is writer Katie Brent. Katie, what
1: to? where can we find it? I was like, oh, I'm already thrown by the first question. I, um, I'm writing books at the moment, fiction novels, which you can find in all the places where you buy books or audiobooks or e-books. So How to Kill Men and Get Away With It is out now. And my second book is called The Murder After the Night Before, and that's out on February
0: 1st. Okay, well, I've got to say that thematically, they're very far removed from the novel <laughs> that your first choice was based on, which opens with a theme song that I've got a bit of a story about. <laughs> <laughs> hey, <Sarah. laughs> the opening theme song there from round the twist katie who was round the twist and why the memories
1: that i have of this are so vague but i've had a little look and apparently the last series was 2001 which doesn't make any sense because i would have been 20 then and i would have remembered that and i also probably wouldn't have been watching it so i'm slightly confused by the timeline on this now it's a kind of so when i was younger i was like Really weirdly obsessed with all things Australian, mostly because of Kylie Minogue and Jason Donovan, who I sort of had a I kind of saw them as like one unit, like just like one entity, and I had to sort of crush on them as one. <laughs> It was very odd. I was only about nine, to be fair, but I had, like, pictures of both of them on my walls that I'd put in frames and stuff. Anyway, so due to that, and because of, like, my love for neighbours when I was younger, I became sort of a bit obsessed with Australian TV, and I was sort of watching things like The Henderson Kids and The Flying Doctors... Sons and daughters, really weird stuff. But one of the things I do remember is Round the Twist, which was a kind of (laughs) kid sort of twilight zone, twin peaks, weird supernatural thing for children. And it was a strange one because I, as a kid, was a real, just a real wuss as a child and hated anything that was sort of supernatural or ghosty or anything like that. But I remember being at the same time quite compelled to really scare myself. And this was one of those shows that I remember watching and it just being so weird. But strangely enough, I can't remember any of the actual storylines. I have this sort of odd memory that there was one episode where the characters, because they were like three kids, and I think their faces got replaced by bums, but I may have just completely have
0: about that. Well, there were a lot of storylines that caused a bit of bother because I think the first series, which I think is the one that you remember, was it was made in 1989, but I think we got it in 1990. It was repeated quite a few times. It was about Pete, Linda, and Bronson Twist, who, as you say, were kids who moved into a lighthouse. With their dad, who was a bit sort of like a dad who does music kind of dad. He had that sort of Jeremy Clarkson (laughs) look going on, as far as I remember. But yeah, weird things kept happening to them, and I remember there were. Loads of complaints on Points of View about... There were episodes (laughs) like, there was a haunted outhouse in one, and I use the word outhouse advisedly. There was one about some seagulls were pursuing them and trying to dissuade them with the only projectiles that seagulls have to hand. (laughs) One where they dropped some false teeth down the toilet and had to retrieve them for the sewer. There was one where Pete kept saying, without my pants, because... (laughs) He was haunted by the spirit of somebody who died with their trousers on or something. Of course, of course he was. <laughs> there was a really weird one where Linda swapped bodies with their reflection, Adnil, which was really creepy. It's one where some clowns came to life and one was in love with Linda.
1: Creepy. I think That's it was really creepy. odd. That oh, clap I remember there being like a lot of toilet-based weirdness. <laughs>
0: There was one as well where Pete found some magic lipstick, which made him attractive to females, but it was all females. So he had like cows chasing after him and so on. Oh, no. Some of the stuff you couldn't really get away with now, I don't think.
1: No, I'm not surprised that there was some complaints to point of view. (laughs) It was definitely a strange one. But yeah, I do remember the theme song. Because it had like bits of sort of. Wasn't it used actually a couple of years ago in like a supermarket advert or something?
0: Yes, it was. Yeah, it was actually performed by Tamsin West who played Linda. And oh. She was also she was in Neighbours as Lucy's friend Emma. That's all they ever introduced her as. Who would periodically come into it and disappear for a while to the extent that I know she was introduced to Todd Landers at least twice as if she'd never met him before. <laughs>
1: I don't remember Lucy's friend, Emma. How strange.
0: (laughs) Also, she didn't notice that Lucy changed a couple of times as well. She would (laughs) go away and return and Lucy would have a different face, which is quite round the twist when you think about it. It
1: is, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: That theme song, not so long ago, I was coming back from the supermarket and I walked past a woman unloading shopping bags from a car who was singing it. I did the whole song complete with the going round a twist at the end. And I mentioned it on Facebook and a number of people said, quite independent of each other, you should marry her quite sure approaching somebody say hey i heard you sing the round the twist is the the right way to go in this day and age frankly
1: i don't know i think there's a rom-com in that
0: (laughs) yeah but if it involves round the twist i don't like to think about what the consequences might be yeah
1: i see your point now yeah But it was, the theme song was really creepy because it had bits of, I can't remember it all, and I wish I'd listened to it actually before I spoke to you, but it had bits of like nursery rhymes or something in it, didn't it? And it was like, yeah, that's creepy. It was like bits
0: of Humpty Dumpty and Rain Rain Go Away.
1: Yeah, I don't like it. I'm glad I didn't listen to it actually, that would give me nightmares tonight.
0: But it is interesting, though. As you say, there was that moment of thinking. I mean, it was broadly anything Australian was good. That's mm. why people drank citrus spring. <laughs> Well, it did taste nice, but, you know, that was the main <laughs> imperative. But we did have all kinds of rubbish foisted on us. Australian TV that was four or five years old. And they just <laughs> stuck on to capitalise on it. Things like Home and Top Mates.
1: I don't remember those.
0: Adventures on kythera which nobody remembers. Nope. <laughs> Where it was Rebecca Omologlu, who was Sophie in Home and Away, played yeah. a Greek girl.
1: Oh, hang on. No, that is ringing a bell now. Because I was obviously also obsessed with Home and Away, and particularly Sophie that kind of era and Blake and then kind of Shane and Angel as well I was big Aussie <laughs> I've never been though because of spiders
0: did you find it genuinely frightening though did you actually yes. refuse to watch it at any point
1: yes because as I said I was, I was I was such a wuss as a child like unbelievably so and I think it stems back to when I was really little some of the kids across the road who are a bit older than me had got hold of a VHS <laughs> i was little and i'd gone round to watch it just not obviously knowing what it was and it was that you know with the woman in the library the ghost in the library which is quite early on in the film isn't it just sort of jumps out and it absolutely terrified me like fully traumatized me for so many years that i had to sleep with the light on (laughs) until i was about 12 and my dad would sometimes every now and again, he'd just sort of go, who are you going to call? And I would just scream because I was so terrified. So I was I was extremely wussy. But also I would <laughs> I'd really like to sort of scare myself. I was an only child. Which probably explains a lot. I remember we used to have like me and my mum would have video nights and we'd go to like whatever the local video shop was. So she'd choose a film and I'd choose a film. And while she was choosing hers, I would just go and look at the horror section <laughs> and just look at the covers and just freak myself out like all the kind of <laughs> just like the Halloween covers and like Freddy with his nails and never watch the films, but just because the it was <laughs> I would get so frightened just from the covers. <laughs> i'd go home and have nightmares and yeah have to sleep with the light on for another five years i was extremely wussy so i would have watched a little bit of around the twist because i was trying to be like brave for my friends <laughs> pretending i was quite hard when actually i was like no this is horrible
0: okay well moving on to your next choice now who i'm gonna say would have been in the children's bbc schedules around the same time and i'm really really hoping you weren't frightened of this lot <laughs> Okay, theme there from... Ewoks. Yes, there really was an animated spin-off from Return of the Jedi. Katie, explain this to anyone who's never seen it.
1: So it's a spin-off, which is basically a cartoon, and it's the Ewoks living in their tree village, and just sort of having loads of fluffy Ewok adventures with a banging theme tune. (laughs) I wasn't scared by this. I thought this was absolutely adorable. But it's one of those things that I've sort of, when I'm trying to have, like, cool Star Wars conversations, everyone just sort of looks at me like, Nat, what? Nat, what? you've definitely dreamt that but I know I didn't because like I couldn't make up that theme tune
0: no well it's absolutely real because it is I am obsessed with this it's part of that time where people don't believe you now but there was a point where Star Wars was yesterday's thing there'd been three films they've been and gone and nobody really cared and you know in those sort of wilderness years until he did the special editions <laughs> you got things like there was this with the droids cartoon about R2D2 and C3PO which I loved yeah there was the E. Ewoks costume, they had all the Ewoks, they kept trying to make the Ewoks a thing, because there were those two (laughs) films as well, The Battle for Endor and Caravan of Courage, which I don't know if anyone actually went to see them at the time.
1: I don't think I went to see them but I was really obsessed with the cartoon because they were so cute these little fluffy ones and there was a little girl one and she had like a little pink bow in her Ewok fur which was probably quite hazardous you know running around the treetops like they did but they were a thing just because they were so sweet and I wanted them I wanted to have a little Ewok village in my loft
0: Did you not have any of the Ewok toys then? Because there were some tie-in toys that are now worth a fortune because again nobody bought them
1: No I don't and that is gutting for two reasons one is that I didn't have them and the other is that I don't have them now so I could sell.
0: all right it has sort of been written out of i suppose star wars history because it's not cool enough for people who think they're cool for liking it it's sort of in some ways this is like the birth of entitled men fandom that there was a film (laughs) with some little birds in for kids who you know the film was aimed at and they were like i didn't sign off on this this is ruining (laughs) my wonderful space adventure and the resentment that grown men still feel for ewoks now just it disturbs me a bit because i don't see what was so wrong with them they're so cute Cute. Just how can you
1: like have resentment for those little fluffballs?
0: <laughs> Apparently it was part of Proper Star Wars continuity as well, because it was set before Return of the Jedi. The Emperor actually appears in it.
1: Really? I believe I don't so, yeah. That. I wasn't interested in Star Wars at all at
0: the time.
1: <laughs> I had no idea what it even had was. How do you
0: even see Return of the
1: Jedi? No. <laughs> no. Weirdly, I didn't actually watch Star Wars until I was Probably because it was too scary. But probably, I don't think it was until I was about 18, 17, 18. So I didn't even know that they were anything to do with Star Wars, or what these Star Wars were. I just thought that they were super duper
0: cute. <laughs> well, the main thing I remember about it, because I was just a bit too old for the Ewoks cartoon when it was on, so I didn't watch it off, and I did watch droids, I will happily admit to that, because, you know, loads of robots. <laughs> What's not to like about that? The main thing I remember is, there was a sort of tie-in promotion with Derry Lee, where it had Ewoks transfers, and that <laughs> (laughs) seem to last for years genuinely I remember in the late 80s they still had Ewoks transfers like on this presumably really old cheese spread
1: no I remember those I remember those because they were like yeah in the old cardboard round I don't know if you can get it anymore but yeah oh the Ewok transfers yeah I'm sure I had some of those I'm sure I probably ruined some of my parents furniture putting those on
0: them but the whole series has more recently turned up on Disney Plus and it's spirit to see there are a lot of very negative reviews out there mostly by men saying yeah it, well it, it's very tree it and simplistic is it on disney plus it is yes yeah oh oh my god <laughs> it's part of the star wars vintage collection along with the two ewok films and the cartoon yeah. bit of the holiday special not the rest of it
1: well guess what i'm doing tonight <laughs>
0: not watching round the twist not right
1: no god no I can't afford the electricity to keep the light on all night
0: <laughs> okay well your next choice I'm not sure whether there ever was actually a cartoon or not it will fall somewhere between Ewoks and round the twist because I cannot understand to this day what these things were or who they were aimed at or what purpose they served Psst, over here I'm a boglin. me and my buddies need a place to hide out <laughs> come <laughs> a little closer no <laughs> Can I scare you? Oh, I do that so well. If you take us home, we'll kiss your (laughs) advisor. We'll eat your peas. And we hope you know lots of girls. Hey, the name's Boglets. You sold separately, and we're looking for good homes. Maybe yours. Okay, and I've been there for Boglins, a name that's been invoked many times on Looks Unfamiliar. Katie, are you a, quote, Bogologist?
1: No, but <laughs> I was quite obsessed with these, weirdly, because I'm thinking now I was quite a, not dichotomy, a sort of contrasting child, because on one hand it was like I was quite obsessed with like little twee things like the Ewoks, but on the other hand I did also really like Boglins, and none of my friends really did, but I remember really, really really... really wanting one for Christmas when I was probably about seven and being delighted when I got this sort of really ugly plastic smelling of just like the most disgusting cheap plastic sort of puppet that came in this box with bars that looks like it's breaking out and it's like I I don't really know how that sort of fits in with my brand as a child but there we go I did really like them I seem to remember there were like three that came out originally which were the sort of because you could they came in a box and you could put your hands obviously sort of Up them as it were, and then you could like move their eyes and obviously move their mouth and stuff, and they were quite ugly. But, um, yeah, I had like the original three, and I just couldn't understand why none of my friends were like bothered by them at all. And then they expanded, and they had these like you could get little ones that would go on your fingers that came in little eggs, which they were quite cute actually. So, they were probably a bit more sort of, but no, I just had a thing about, and something actually, I'm still although I have spoken about my fear of horror movies, (laughs) well, just the covers really, but monsters. I'm all over well, that. Your
0: friend's reticence might have been related to the fact that apparently, in the original promotional literature, one of the uses that a state of boglins was scaring girls. Genuinely, that was a marketing ploy, along with the fact they could eat peas for you, which I don't like the idea of somebody shovelling perishable food into this weird rubbery plastic toy that would just get lodged in there.
1: They didn't have an esophagus. <laughs> I don't know where they would have gone they would have just like yeah just got mashed up in the back of, yeah no they definitely didn't eat my peas
0: yeah me. that's not really but as well girls, as kind wow. of ethically that's not how you promote something now that's also trying to drive away half of your audience so i don't understand what they were playing at there but they also came with bogologist <laughs> field notes which explained their evolutionary process
1: oh yes it did it did i remember that because i was yeah, I studied that quite intently because I wanted to know all about the history of where this creature came from. I can't remember any of it though. Were they aliens? I think
0: they were kind of sort of prehistoric creatures that had survived through sheer ugliness. How did they get into the cages? I assume another bogologist that put them in there. I do know oh, they were designed okay. by people from the Jim Henson workshop though. And I don't remember seeing any boglins in the at Christmas Carol. It's because they scare girls. Can you imagine Miss Piggy being scared <laughs> of them? Because I, I don't think I see
1: that I just thought they were quite sweet <laughs> yeah marketing didn't work on me unfortunately so I thought they were really cute I remember feeling quite because I was <laughs> I was a bit of a I used to try and rescue animals and stuff a lot when I was younger so I would always be like if the cats had sort of were dragging around a dead bird I'd sort of try and revive the bird and <laughs> you know weird stuff like that but I think I felt quite sorry for them because they were in cages <laughs> I think I wanted to free the Boglins. (laughs)
0: Well, you might not think they were as cute or be quite as inclined to free them now because apparently they're really rare because whatever they were made of, it's now decaying. You've got all these decomposing Boglins sitting around in attics.
1: (laughs) It was just the weirdest kind of... The plastic was like squishy almost. So yeah, I can imagine... They weren't texturally pleasing. (laughs) So yeah, I can imagine that. But they... It was some sort of latex, I assume. But I remember it being like it had a very distinct smell and it was always kind of quite cold, but always a bit always felt a bit slimy.
0: Yeah, I remember them feeling a bit like something I'm obsessed with. I know there's a proper name for them, but I don't call them that. I always called them those spidery octopus things that rolled down windows. Which are kind of like slimy plastic spidery octopuses. Well that slide uh, down <laughs> Yeah, slimy plastic spidery <laughs> octopi rather. And you threw them at a window and they were roll down but they had this really like sort of clammy feel to them that would Mm. pick up sort of you know fluff and dust and rust from everywhere but yeah Yeah, the Boglins were like sort of an evolutionary ancestor of them maybe.
1: (laughs) It feels like it yeah I wonder what happened to mine it probably decaying in my mum's attic as we speak.
0: You could use them (laughs) for scaring girls then or eating peas actually
1: (laughs) I like peas. I just remember quite liking. And I think the baby ones, baby Boglins, that was a thing, wasn't it? Definitely, definitely a thing. And I think maybe the marketing guys had realised that they were sort of, you know, losing half of their potential market. So they introduced babies, which my dog's going to start barking now because there's a dog outside, sorry.
0: Not because she's terrified of Boglins. I don't know,
1: Maybe. <laughs> But yeah, they came out with these baby Boglins, which were just like finger puppet, which were a lot cuter and probably, you know, not quite so scary for girls. But my friends got on board with those because, you know, anything that's got baby in the title.
0: (laughs) Okay, well, I am wondering now what the kind of chemical reaction would be if you held a Boglin against your next choice. There's nothing I can use to clip here. So here's some roughly appropriate music. there with Too Blind to See It, which is a record you might well have been posing to in your Global Hypercolour T-shirt. Katie, I remember these all too well, and I wish I didn't. Did you have one?
1: Yes, I had one. Shush, shush, shush. Yeah, this is the correct response to Global Hypercolour (laughs) T-shirts. Yeah, see them off, Joni. I had one, and I was... I really wanted one. Like, I harangued my mother to get me one. And like this, oh, it's <laughs> all I can say about it, really. Luckily, I just had the T-shirt, but I remember there being like a whole kind of outfit that you could buy. And the sort of USP of it was it would change colour where you sweat.
0: <laughs> well, it was supposed to be body heat, but yeah, it was mainly sweat. I mean, the one thing people always say is armpits.
1: Armpits armpit it's kind of like you know how when you're on the tube and stuff in the summer and you see guys coming back from the office and they've just got like huge patches of sweat under their shirts it was kind of like taking that and running with that idea so you've got this the trousers were the worst though I remember there being like some boys at school who had the trousers and well you know Completely
0: inadvisable. That's even worse than the thing I was going to bring up was the main association I have with them was quite a few people reported this happening, male and female, that, you know, they would be sneaking out with their teenage sweetheart, who was wearing a global hypercolour t-shirt, who would, hopefully most of them spotted it in time, but would suddenly find themselves returning home with sort of comedy sitcom Mm -hmm. handprints in certain areas. (laughs) You haven't bargained for that. This T-shirt would change colour make it very obvious what had been going on. But I think the trousers are actually worse than that.
1: I was much too young for any of that shenanigans. So that has completely gone, completely passed me by. But yes, obviously I can see how that would be happening. And I don't know. It's one of those things like, yeah, you couldn't really lie to your parents, could you? If you've got, you literally got the... <laughs> the fingerprints on you oh no that's not good
0: well everyone had them genuinely it was a huge thing which is why i was really surprised a couple of years ago was a channel four show called the bubble where they put a load yeah. of comedians and economists and so on in a house and said you're not allowed to watch tv or whatever for you. but i remember on that i think it was josie long and katie brand were talking about global hypercolour t-shirts and dave mitchell said what's global hypercolour?" and he'd never heard <laughs> of it and i was quite <laughs> astonished by that
1: i think It was probably, yeah, it was probably, I went to sort of, uh, you know, quite a sort of inner city school, so I can't imagine it. Uh, That's probably why David Mitchell's never heard of
0: it, I would imagine. Well, actually, I remember most people I know got their global hypercolour from. There was a stall in St. John's Market in Liverpool, which is somewhere between a respectable and not respectable covered market. It depends what stall you go to. But there was like a clothing store where they had things like hooded tops years before they became in Vogue. But they had other global hypercolours pull the stuff and the guy who ran the stall would try to convince you to buy things like a look it's quality fleecy fleecy and like (laughs) gesture at the (laughs) lining (laughs) So, no, it might Ugh. be the big down market for David Mitchell, actually.
1: That's what I was trying to say, yeah. Global Hypercolour was around the same sort of time when we were going through. Do you remember the Naff Naff?
0: Naff Naff! So yes. Jacket.
1: So, it was like you'd have the most garish outfit because it would be like shell bottoms, global hypercolour t shirt, and then you'd have over the top of it your Naff Naff <laughs> coat jacket, making you so hot that obviously your armpits would be glowing. <laughs> it's not a good
0: name, Naff Naff, is it? Because it's like doubly Naff.
1: It's not good. And again, it was one. I really Really, 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 really just pestered my mum. So she was like, Why do you want them? They're awful, they're disgusting. And it was literally because everyone else has. I want to be a sheep, I want to be like everyone else. Well,
0: with a fleecy, fleecy top, you've got to be in the sheep.
1: <laughs> we used to get ours from a market though. <laughs> So I'm not sure quite how genuine they were, but it was yeah those the global hypercolor t-shirts, these massive jeans that were like Gravity X or something. Or do you remember the, like a little dude called Spliffy who yeah. would be like, I was like 10 and I'm walking around wearing these jeans and t-shirts with this dude smoking a spliff. I had no idea what it was. What the heck?
0: And you never found
1: out, did you? <laughs> no, I still I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, I look back now and I'm like, yeah, I can see why my mum was hesitant to let me wear this attire.
0: (laughs) I take it you don't still have a Global hypercolour T-shirt then.
1: God, no. Although I kind of, I think maybe just for sort of, so I could show, I think I'd like to show my kids that these were a thing. And they'd be like, God, go away. It's so funny Do you not get You know sometimes When you hear a song On the radio You expect it to be The next song to be You know What the next song On the Now album Would have been
0: Yes All the time
1: It's like I'll be listening to something And I'll be waiting For like Sleeping Satellite To come on next And I'm like A bit annoyed When it doesn't (laughs) That's not right That's not the order
0: (laughs) Okay Well your next choice Is something That you might well Have been wearing Your Global Hypercolour T-shirt while you were watching And I hope you didn't laugh So much that it changed colour Would you we Okay, the very long and very, I've got to say, boring theme there from Out of This World, a show that is well known to anyone who was off school. Katie, (laughs) how often were you off school then?
1: Quite a lot, but remember this was in the halcyon days of VHS recorders. So I used to get my mum to record it for me when I was at school. So this used to be on on weekdays in kind of what is now the This Morning slot, but used to be the you're sick and you're off school slot and here's some TV to keep your kids quiet. (laughs) And it's... Oh, I loved this Because it was basically about a teenage girl And I wasn't quite a teenage girl So therefore anything that had a teenage girl in it And an American teenage girl Was something I had to watch And was completely fascinating to me Because that's what I thought teenagehood would be like Very surprised later on to discover that I didn't get any magic powers And my dad wasn't an alien The premise of this show was about this girl called Evie Who I think it was on her 13th birthday You know, one of those special birthdays When you're an American teenager she discovers that her dad who hasn't been around was an alien of course and she therefore is half alien and therefore has these out of this world powers including so she could freeze time by i think putting her fingers together
0: and she called it gleeping
1: oh was it gleeping oh i don't remember that well done because there was a
0: girl in my school that looked exactly like her and she hadn't seen it people just shouting gleep at her she she thought (laughs) it was some horrible name they made up for her.
1: Somewhere there is still a woman who is calling people a gleep. And so yeah So she could freeze time By gleeping Which is obviously Quite handy And then she could Reset it by Putting her hands together In like Prayer pose But what I thought Was really cool about it Obviously apart from The I can't remember Anything else she could do Actually Those are sort That's it (laughs) But she had this Kind of like Really cool Sort of lamp thing In her bedroom Which was actually A phone Where she could speak To her alien dad Throughout of space Which was kind of cool But I don't know I kind of I really want this to be like an origin story of this, because I want to know how her mum met this alien, what form he took. <laughs> you see where I'm going with this. That was Do awesome.
0: you know who voiced him? No. Burt Reynolds. Was it? I think maybe they will credit it, but yes, it was actually him. That so he means... must have looked like Burt Reynolds.
1: Well, yeah. <laughs> That would explain
0: a lot. Apparently, he was from Antares Prime in the Scorpio galaxy. (laughs) I don't quite know much more than that. But she was used to use her powers to do something like cheat in the test and would then feel guilty, so she used her powers to undo it, or to con the captain of the football team into a date and then she'd feel guilty, so she'd use the powers to undate him, or something, I suppose. And that seemed (laughs) to be it. I believe there were episodes that dealt with the fact that, you know, technically she's mixed species and she felt an outsider because of that. But I don't remember very much about it. The main thing I remember was an episode called I Want My Evie TV, which had Tiffany in it as a guest star. But it just oh. revolved around Evie wanting to sing on TV. And eventually she sings Leave a Light On by Belinda Carlisle. So, that <laughs> you know, you've got an episode with Tiffany and Belinda Carlisle in it as well. And like, I was very confused by that point. <laughs>
1: That is very confusing but it must have had quite a big budget then because those were some big names of the time. Well
0: apparently it ran for 96 episodes. Did it? Yeah and it was actually on 1987 to 91 in America so I think we got it a bit later but mm-hmm. I cannot understand I've never understood like you said they did used to be that slot where they would put weird things like this and the Beach Beachcombers and Dodo the Kid from Outer Space and who decided <laughs> on what went there and what criteria did they use because this is a programme that could only be for kids who were in school while it was on
1: i think it was it must have been for those kids who were off sick so they had something to watch so their mum could just get on and do you know mum stuff i think i must have had quite a lot of time off sick though to have discovered it but yeah i remember being like i'd come home from school and be like mum did you tape out of this world for me (laughs) and woe betide her if she had
0: knocked him well, when we first started TV Cream all those years ago, the number of people who emailed in saying, I remember this programme called Swinging on a Star that used to be on in the mornings when I was off school. And then you'd say, oh, yeah, we've got an entry about it. It's called Out of This World. And say, no, it was called Swinging on a Star. It's like people just refused to accept that it. it wasn't named was after the title just, song.
1: Oh, yeah. And I used to, because adapted the lyrics for it as well. And I used to just sort of go around singing it and gleeping. <laughs>
0: Did you ever succeed in stopping time? I
1: don't think so. Be quite handy to do now, I think. I wonder what happened to her. I wonder where Evie is now. Maureen
0: Flanagan. She seems to be constantly, like, in guest roles on other programmes. And apparently she's now a documentary maker as well. Wow. So she hasn't fallen victim to the usual child star thing. But I wonder if she knows how popular she was over here at one point.
1: She was, like, a real kind of, like, icon. Yeah, but
0: she might not have had any idea at all. Oh, I
1: need to tell her. I'm going to look for her on social media and tell
0: <laughs> her that fine, isn't it? <laughs> well, as long as you don't look for the characters from your next choice on social media, because I don't think you'll actually find them. Defenders of the Earth Defenders. Out of the sky His rockets ignite Gets into battle life faster than light Lord of the jungle The hero who stops! The beasts call him brother The ghost war Defenders of the Earth of
1: magic, spells, and illusion, Enemies crumble in fear and confusion. And drink. Defenders of the
0: Earth. Defenders. His strength is a legend. His skills conquer all. Armed with his power, we never will fall. No. Defenders of the Earth. Defenders. With our new young heroes proving their worth. Four become eight. Defending the Earth. Okay, theme song that is burnt into my memory there and resurfaces at the most inopportune moments, Defenders of the Earth. Katie, who were they? These were,
1: the Defenders of the Earth were like a kind of amalgamation of some of the
0: not really the
1: superhero greats, they were kind of like the B team, weren't they?
0: Yeah, they were from old newspaper strips from the 20s and 30s.
1: So There was the Phantom, Luther, Mandrake the Magician, Flash Gordon. They were the Defenders of the Earth, but the team also included their children which were rick gordon jenna phantom (laughs) mandrake who Had adopted An Asian child And Luther's son LJ Luther Jr So They sort of Were on board To I guess Make it more child friendly And to appeal to A younger audience And to sort of Be quite cool So they would help The defenders Who would Invariably get into Some sort of Awkward scrapes And then their Offspring would have to Come and bail them out And there was a panther As well They sort of had a Pet panther For some reason But it was great I watched them The whole series recently with my son I think he was watching it with sort of irony but I was like I love this this is great yeah I like the theme tune a lot one of the things that I remember at the time when I watched it when I was young because this was one of the things that I could not miss it was like I had to watch this I think it used to be on on, in one of the Saturday morning shows it was
0: but also when it was first on it was on in the afternoons opposite Press Gang and that was a real record one and watch the other moment
1: well yeah because I loved Press Gang Press Gang was like yeah I loved it and because I think that was sort of where I used to be a journalist in a previous life. And I think that was where my sort of, I really wanted to be in Press Gang. But yeah, so that would have been a real dilemma for me. I've obviously blocked that out because it's too traumatic having to choose. But one of the things that I do remember, so there was about, I think there was only once, like 27 episodes or something, which probably split over a couple of scenes. But weirdly, I don't know if they had new animators or something, but weirdly in the middle of the series... It was almost like it was an animation, but it was like the character of Jenna had been recast. Because she was drawn completely differently to how she had been in sort of the first 15 episodes. And then like for about three of them, she looks completely different. And then she goes back to looking like how she did before, completely unexplained. It wasn't part of a storyline or anything. I just remember being really sort of like, huh? <laughs>
0: Well, the thing that always really confused me was in the theme lyrics, not only to say Lothar is armed with his powers, which, you know, what does that mean exactly? (laughs) But also it said, armed with his powers, we never will fall. Now, they all (laughs) fell quite a lot as part of the action.
1: They did, yeah.
0: And the other weird thing about it is it's actually a Marvel production. Is it? Because they were in a weird position where they had licensed out a lot of the most popular characters at that point, And suddenly thought, <laughs> oh, hang on, we've got no characters to make our own programs with. So they sort of licensed these old comic ship characters from the, i say, the 20s and 30s. Who Apparently there have been, you know, like cinema serials and radio serials of them years ago. But,
1: well, Flash, Flash Gordon. Yeah, I
0: was going to say, with the exception he's, of Flash Gordon, the they sort of fallen <laughs> off the radar. But I think this brought them back comes to the radar a bit. Possibly not Mandrake the Magician. You don't hear that much mention of him these days but the Phantom <laughs> still does the rounds.
1: Yeah, he does. Don't see much of his daughter and don't hear much about Rick Gordon either but he was the kind of... It was quite funny because there were... It, it...
0: Did you have a crush on him?
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> How could you not? He was Rick Gordon. I don't think he had any powers either. Maybe he was really smart but he was like that. I mean, I would imagine if there'd sort of been a film made of it in 2005 Zac Efron would have played him. Not that I've thought <laughs> <laughs> like looking back it was kind of it had quite a diverse mix of characters in there which was obviously not so common back then i can't remember when this was it must have been what, it, i think it started in
0: 1986 but again it's one of those things that was repeated thousands yeah. of times by the bbc <laughs>
1: i just really liked it and i thought jenna was really cool so she was the phantom's daughter and she had a pet panther which i mean how can that not be cool and she just sort of used to go around uh, in this black cat suit, just sort of being cool and saving the world and i sort of i wanted to be her when i grew up her and sheila from dungeons and dragons they were my sort of when i was younger before i wanted to be evie from that as well sorcerer from he-man do you remember the sorceress she turned into a bird, so I wanted to be her. Yeah, so, yeah, I had a lot of... I just wanted to be a sort of superhero cartoon. But I really liked I really liked that about that they had a sort of strong female. Obviously, I couldn't articulate it at the time <laughs> why I liked that. But looking back, it was obviously because, you know, she wasn't sort of uh, dicking around freezing time and, you know, trying to date boys and stuff. Although I think there might have been something going on with her and Rick Gordon. But is, I don't that, know. is that
0: just you shipping, as the young people call it?
1: Maybe, yeah. <laughs> i'm going to go off and write some fan fiction about them in a minute but no i think because it was still very much when i was growing up there was really that kind of superheroes I thought boys you know and girls get rainbow bright or something so i think things like jenna from defenders of the earth and she were good role models for me
0: did you ever develop <laughs> any superpowers though
1: not yet i'm still way every big birthday i'm like it must be now but it doesn't happen so i don't
0: know okay well in that case if you're that ordinary you would never have been depicted in cartoon form as part of your last choice which i think you could probably be very grateful for the wonderful folks who brought us baseball cards tributes to the excellence of genuine heroes the idols of generations of young americans now bring us acne amy tommy gunn bad breath seth Slain Wayne and the rest of what are called the garbage pail kids. Among the preteen set, they are really hot.
1: I like two garbage pail kids.
0: The manufacturer won't release sales figures, but so many youngsters you have become so obsessed that the cards have been banned by some school principals from the west coast to the east. Simply said, if
1: you have them, fine. Keep them home. Monday morning, I don't want to see them in school. You can't even play with them at recess time. What are you supposed to do, just sit there? I mean,
0: really. Okay, a CPS News report there from 1985 with some very concerned parents airing their disgust at Garbage Pail Kids. Katie, (laughs) I can't even say that name without laughing.
1: Oh yeah So I I don't think I was as sweet As I thought I was When I was a kid Because I was really Into these kind of Like grabby little This was when I was This was the 80s Wasn't it Very much and They were kind of Currency basically On the street Where I lived at the time Between the kids These are the kids That showed me Ghostbusters So I probably had to You know Give them some of these cards To stop them Making me force watch The horror movies I only really remember one Because uh, I was Really obsessed with Madonna at the time Obviously 80s I really loved Madonna and there was one that was called Mad Donna.
0: Do you remember Melting John as well? No. I should just say these were sort of bubblegum card well, stickers, weren't they, with the sort of yeah. bubblegum card back where it was like a kind of get out of doing your homework license or whatever. I wonder if anyone ever actually tried to use them and handed them in. But yeah, they have these grotesque drawings of I don't like using this face, but like deformed children on them. But in the very weird Melting John was like a candle of Elson John that was like <laughs> half melted. There was corroded Charlie who had sort of basically acne that was like a rusting car. My favourite was Ray Gunn, who was a child who looked like Ronald Reagan with lines on his face.
1: They were, because they were, they were quite satirical, actually, weren't they, of, like, celebrity Melting John.
0: <laughs> but they were. It sounds like in America, at least, there were a lot of attempts to try and ban them. And they I imagine terrible. they were contraband in school as well.
1: Yeah, which is why I don't remember them from school. I remember them from the The street. The street. <laughs> <laughs>
0: The wire would have been very different if Avon had been trying to get his hands on all the garbage pail kids.
1: (laughs) They were just sort of one of those fads, you know, fidget spinners and all that stuff. Stuff these days no get yourself some horribly twisted creepy cartoon
0: cards (laughs) well i wonder if they really took off here and i did wonder if that was because as far as i remember it the actual cabbage patch kids didn't really take hold over here i think it was something that kids couldn't really relate to And they probably seemed a bit too cutesy, and you know, even sort of the most mild mannered girls would probably have wanted something not quite boglins, but more in that direction. And I think they didn't really. I think people were sort of receptive to the idea of somebody taking the piss out of cabbage patch kids, (laughs) who were actually in some ways more monstrous than the garbage pail kids.
1: They were horrible. I didn't see the appeal in them at all. So yeah, the garbage pail kids. I think yeah, they probably just really sort of maybe that's where we get our British sense of humour from. Completely taking the piss out of something. Yeah, Cabbage Patch Kids were like just, they were quite grotesque and were also meant to be quite sweet, I think. And just,
0: just and they really, weren't.
1: They weren't. They were horrid.
0: They looked like they would attack you when your back was turned, <laughs> I always
1: thought yes yes they did they were no tiny tears
0: <laughs> and also girls over here already had those do you remember those horrible real baby dolls that your nan would get from the market
1: yes i had one called paul <laughs> why was he called paul i don't know <laughs> i don't know what, there what we go they became of him i do I think the the stuffing fell out of him because he he had a soft body. I probably, yeah, I think I pulled the stuffing out of Paul.
0: Well, just so (laughs) that we don't end on a note that we'll have people sort of feeling incredibly down. There was something you mentioned that I just couldn't identify at all. Hopefully somebody out there can, which is those plastic toy bird things with long hair that you could clip onto your finger. (laughs) I tried Googling that and... I didn't even get like, you know, ill of search results. It's got nothing really. Pat Sharp came up in the image search.
1: But... <laughs> yeah. I've never tried to clip him onto my finger. They were kind of like, they were like a My Little Pony sized bird, but they had like, I was going to say real hair. Hopefully, it wasn't real hair. <laughs> they had that kind of you know the synthetic doll hair in different colors but they had like you could they had like little i'm doing the action here but little claw things so you could clip them onto your fingers and they were quite twee and ridiculous but i had loads of them i loved them see what i mean i was a strange child it was like on the one hand it was like you know cute
0: well you actually and had them on the one hand
1: <laughs> and the other hand was holding a clutch of garbage pellets <laughs> on the street where were the boglins then <laughs> oh I don't know god no not enough hands <laughs> the boglins were pro- I was probably feeding the birds to the boglins actually <laughs> I can't remember what they were called oh something probably something really insipid probably birdie birdie tweets I don't know
0: birdie axe now <laughs>
1: that's it yeah uh, but yeah they were um plastic <laughs>
0: Well, hopefully somebody out there will know. So if you do, let us know. I'm sure you'll be delighted to know, won't you? I
1: will, because as you say, typing birdie, plastic, clippy thing with hair into Google just, it's not
0: helpful. You helping. get to your Pat <laughs> Sharp. Yes. Well, apologies to Pat Sharp and to any Boglins listening in. Well, given that we're now at the end of the show, maybe you should try gleeping and stopping time. Shall I try? I see if it happens. no no no. oh well no No superpowers (laughs) yet sorry anyway katie it's been brilliant thank you thank you very much (laughs) 2 by Tim Worthington, the story behind every album released by BBC Records and Tapes, from Play School Play-On to Russell Grant's Zodiac Jukebox. Comedy, sound effects, show tunes, folks, singing soap stars, the BBC Radiophonic Workshop, and more albums of on than you ever knew was possible to exist. More details TimWorthington.org.